A good question to ask ourselves when we encounter the words of St. Paul, either in Mass or in our own reading of sacred scripture, is the following. Who is St. Paul speaking to? Not just in general, but how does he think of his audience when he is preaching and writing? In other words, we ought to ask a question about ourselves. Who are we in St. Paul's eyes? It is characteristic of Paul to cut to the heart of the matter, to work indefatigably at the deepest level possible. Even at his most urgent, rapid, seemingly off-the-cuff and disjointed, Paul speaks relentlessly to the most profound depths of our identity. Our baptismal identity as adopted sons and daughters of the Almighty Father, siblings and co-heirs with the Son, with hearts inflamed by the very love of the Spirit poured into our hearts. Do we, ourselves, reckon, amidst our daily tasks of living, with the fact that we are new creatures, that we have an intimate bond with the living God himself? Yet this is the lens through which Paul views reality, as well as the beating heart of his preaching of the gospel. One example can illustrate this, taken from the letter to the Romans, chapter 6. Here Paul makes a highly compressed statement of our Christian identity, the roots of who we now are in Christ. He declares, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. In other words, Paul is pointing to the profound, deep, earth-shattering fact that our baptism, the sacramental washing by which we have been adopted as sons and daughters of the Father, launches us into the waters of Christ's own baptism, his death, his passion, and precisely by being joined with Christ, we are drawn into the pattern of his own death and resurrection. The closeness that we have with Christ is made clear by St. Paul's remarkable, remarkable use of prepositions. He's pushing upon the language, upon his, his Greek language, speaking of with and in Christ, with a kind of urgency and repetition. In verse 5, he continues, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the sinful body might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Again, Paul views the Christian, the reborn son and daughter of the Father, as utterly bound to, united to, growing with the Lord Jesus. In verse 8 he continues, 
If we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. For we know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Paul here paints a portrait, or better, charts the trajectory of the Christian life. Precisely in and with Christ, we are bound for newness of life. Beginning here in the veil of tears, and carrying on through our own death into God's own life. That's a high vision. But this is also the vision that Paul imparts to us in his letters and preaching. May we also catch a glimpse of this glory, this hope, and this promise inscribed in our own baptismal identity as sons and daughters of God.